It's been a busy week full of headline news and independent league baseball, and we're going to bring it all to you next on the Indy Ball Report Podcast. Hey, right, we are back again. Episode number 190 of the Indie Ball Report podcast. I'm Nick. He's Will, and he's back from a sabbatical. Oh, wait, 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 wait. A what? <laughs> a sabbatical. All right, can, can you please define that for us, for like us mere peasants? All right, for you peasants, I guess I can describe it. It is an extended period of leave from which one person goes to learn something. Did, did I go to learn something? Wouldn't that be something that you need to, uh, to tell us you know i you know what i did learn something i did learn that college football in the south is incredible south carolina williams bryce stadium in columbia south carolina on a game day was crazy and Rutgers got the win when i was away the one Rutgers big time home game i don't go to they snapped their streak amazing so but, it sounds like uh, you're the problem for Rutgers. that's what i gathered from that yeah well that's a shame because i'll go into the michigan game next week well they weren't going to win that week. anyway so it's yeah okay. that's going to go well for all involved <laughs> but yeah you know it was it was it was fun i guess i learned that sec football is really cool so that's that about that's what we're going to go with for that all right so what we can expect to have a five-page paper in the ap format not mla but ap and uh, we'll have that for you, I guess, next week. I think that's a fair deadline there. I mean, what, what are you doing over the next week? I have to go to a, I have to go to a uh, public relations networking dinner for an intro class that apparently I have to go to some networking dinner paid for for a field I don't want to be in. And if I don't go, it's not only required, well, it's not technically required, but if I don't go, I have to write a seven to ten page research paper, which I'm just not doing. So, you know, what? I'm going to show in, show my face. Hello. Like I'm, I'm dressed all nice and I'm going to dip out in 20 minutes and go watch some hockey or something like that, which is a much better use of my, of my time than Look, that. I got like three or four questions to that, which. I feel like I shouldn't be asking because it's not independently baseball related and we have a bunch of indie ball stuff to talk about, but at the same point in time, I'm still curious for the answers, so I'm going to ask them anyway. Okay. First and foremost being, why are you taking an intro class? Aren't you like a senior? So why would you need an intro class at this point? I, uh, on my degree, I just needed uh, like, oh, take like this many credits of like other um, like journalism slash public relations class. I I've, I've never taken a public relations class before. I'm like, ah, screw it. Like, it's easy. I mean, the class is easy. It's just like this whole dinner thing's ridiculous. Again, people, people. You've got to have Venmo in 2020, in 2022. You just have to. Like, and so we asked, like, all right, how do we pay for these tickets? Cash. Bro, no one carries cash anymore. Cash is not a thing that exists. Set up a Venmo account, please. You know, like, <laughs> I'm so happy that you said that line about cash. I'm not going to explain any further, but I'm very happy you, you went on the tirade against cash. Do we agree on something? We do agree on cash. Like I, the I have twenty five dollars in my wallet right now, and that's only because my barber just takes cash. So like that's I, fair. I keep cash for that, and like the very rare occasion where I run into some place where like it's cash only, or if I need gas and it's like a fifteen cent difference, and I'm like, oh, shit, I really need gas. So then I'll pay like in cash for that. But that's about the only yeah. thing I pay in cash. And normally I pay card for gas because where I go, it's the same price. I'm like, screw it. Fill it, hand on the card. I'm like, I'm good for the next three weeks. So I'm good. But yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm just not a fan. We you don't need and coins. Oh, my goodness. coins are annoying. I, coins I keep are- coins in my car. I'll say that for parking in case I need it. If you give if my change is five dollars and ninety nine cents, just just give me a five dollar bill and let's call it a day. I mean, just round it up. Like your drawer can be off a little bit. I know this. Like from working registers on it, your drawer can be off a bit at the end of the day. You give a penny, it's not a big deal. But just, coins, cash needs to go. <laughs> the it's only thing. The only thing I will say before we actually start talking about independent league baseball, it's the off season, so we can get away with talking about other stuff for five minutes. But. The only thing I will say is I'm against the Venmo because I just, I don't like Venmo card and Google pay. That's like 90%, if not more of my transactions, but so, 
so then when you let's say you go out to dinner with some friends, yeah, and one of your other and like one of your friends like they put it on their card. How do you pay them back? Uh, normally what we do is like we'll go and whoever wants to pay, they'll just pay for everything, and then we do something afterwards, and then somebody else picks that up. That's normally how that goes. Uh, plus I'm normally the one paying, so um, yeah. Oh. I don't really care though. I'm normally like, yeah, I'll just pay it. Just one tab, give it to me. Like, for example, last week went out to lunch. It was like 66 after a tip. I was just like, yep, here's my card. Just pay for it. I was like, uh, get me back somewhere else. There, if you got the cash, just give me that. And I wind up putting it in the bank. Like it's. I'm glad you have that kind of trust. Yeah, no, we're pretty good about it. Plus, I know where they live. So. Plus, well, you don't really want? I know where they live. So. <laughs> it's not a problem. Uh, so what's the topic of that paper on? <laughs> oh, you said plus I know, plus I know where they live. <laughs> yeah. So, so we'll, we'll just move right into independent league this baseball. Is off the rails. <laughs> it, like honestly, I'm half tempted to make this its own thing, but I'm just gonna leave it. We're having fun, but you know what it's else? It's a is- damn good show, and sometimes we go on tangents. Exactly, but they're damn good tangents. But they're- <laughs> It's a damn good show with damn good tangents. You know, I'm going to get that, like, engraved into wood, and I'm just going to mail it to you, so that way you can just put it up in, like, your dorm room or wherever. Just put it right there above. Have the logo on it with the saying, and just that, that's it. And I could just, I'll use that in all in all different walks of life. Like I start calling Hofstra basketball, I say, it's a damn good basketball game, and I'll sometimes go on a tangent. But I don't think they would like that too much if I did that. Uh, no, just hang it right over the scorer's table. Right over the scorer's table? Perfect. Right over it. I'll put it right on center court. <laughs> just make, make sure it's right in the view of every camera in the arena. It's free branding. Exactly. It really is. We'll have to make sure the show name's on there. That's right. That that's that's what you're looking for. All the all the loyal and but to be honest with you, it's all. I mean, all the home games are on Flow Sports, so maybe you. Could it's even better. They could go right from Frontier League games. Exactly, exactly. And you know what else they're gonna be able to see when they see those Frontier League games? What they're gonna see someone new in the Sussex County dugout because Bobby Jones has moved on. Boom! <laughs> it's off the rails, but it was a beautiful segue. <laughs> That segue is so good. <laughs> just go, just go. We're just going to keep running. Yeah, Bobby Jones, as we were teasing like a couple weeks back, that he could be moving on. He actually did move on, which, as I said on Twitter, this is why you listen to the show. We tell you the news before it happens. Yeah, he moved on to the Jackals. He's now their vice president and chief business officer. Um, So when the Jackals move into Hinchcliffe next year, they will do so with Bobby Jones. Uh, as part of the, part of the squad, uh, he's going to be looking for a new manager for the Jackals as well. The Miners are now going to be looking for a new manager. And if rumor has it correct, the, uh, Miners may be doing some more rearranging in the front office. I'll leave it right there for now, but, uh, keep an eye on that going forward. But we're still talking about Bobby Jones. Uh, he goes and he's going to have more of a front office role. He's not going to be in the dugout. So we will, be uh we'll wait to see what else happens here but it is certainly a huge change for the jackals they go in to a new ballpark they start a new chapter and they will do so with the guy that is one of the chief uh principal reasons for the miners turnaround uh since really since 2015 when he came in right around 2016 2017 he comes in really does a huge job transforming this uh, team and making them into not just a you know a respectable ball club but a perennial contender obviously the last two years have been a bit rougher but even still the last few years in the can-am league he was extremely good he knows what he's doing so it'll be very curious to see if bobby jones can work the same magic he did in skylands in hinchcliffe yeah, this is big news. This is really big news. And I think, um, in, it became, I guess, somewhat expected. You could say that Bobby mm-hmm. Jones would, uh, make the move from the Miners to the Jackals and he was appearing on, on all these events and stuff like that. So I guess when it became official, he wasn't returning to Sussex County. That wasn't that surprising, but I do think that, um, I am, I don't know, I don't know about you, Nick, but, 
I am a bit surprised that he's uh, that he's not in a managerial role. Although I guess it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of looking for maybe he just you know I mean he's been in a dugout and playing on the baseball field a long time. So uh, so maybe it's just a new challenge he wanted, and as well uh, he can have a lot more impact I guess on the you know the whole idea of the jackal moving into Hinchcliffe a lot more than more a lot more hands on with that kind of transition more so than he would have as the manager of the team where of course you have a lot of other things to worry about where you're just trying to win baseball games I do I do like this a lot though I think I think it's a great fit and I and to be honest with you there's no better person I would look for in hiring and looking to hire a new manager uh, for this big season for the Jackals, uh, then Bobby Jones and Bobby Jones looking to hire a manager. I think is I think you would have to assume he's going to bring in somebody that he knows that he knows and he knows is going to do a good job. So uh, I think it's great. It's a great news for the Jackals. I, although I do think it it is interesting that uh, that Bobby Jones is moving out of the dugout at least for now. Exactly, but in a way, it does make sense. You can't have that larger impact on the organization, like you're saying. And I do think that it is kind of like the next logical progression. He's accomplished a lot on the diamond, on the field. He's won a championship. He's, you know, done an awful lot. Well, yeah, he won the one championship, and then he got back to a championship the following year. And he's had, you know, a lot of uh, ball clubs that he's put together over the years. So it does make sense that. um that he would move on to the front office, especially because he was very involved in the Hinchcliffe move for the Jackals. So it, it does line up there. I am curious to see the kind of guy he's going to hire, though. That is something that is going to be very curious because as you see in like the Jackals release, uh, it, it talks a lot about the culture he's built and the kind of winning atmosphere there, how we got players to want to come to Sussex, which I think that's something else we're overlooking, which is, how is this going to affect Sussex County going forward? You know, they lose one of their chief uh, draws, one of their main attractions in there. And now you're going to have to find a way to get more players back in there. Uh, obviously, there's going to be some guys, which I think will follow Bobby to uh, the Jackals. Other guys are just going to stay in Skyland. So I'll be curious to see that there. But I will say it is kind of like if hearing the, the talk about culture, I just imagine like the Tri-City fans right now are just like sick to their stomach hearing about Bobby Jones and culture given the reputation there. But now I do wonder if that rivalry that's kind of really more like Bobby and versus Tri-City thing now is like the Jackals and Tri-City more than Sussex County and Tri-City. Or do we just have a three-way uh, hate triangle? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that it's something that will uh, will be determined. But I agree with you that I, I'm really interested to see the type of manager uh, that that Bobby Jones brings in, because I mean, who knows more about indie ball managing than Bobby Jones himself? Uh, so he knows um, he knows the challenges of it, uh, and he knows the type of guy that that the, the type of people that are successful in that role, and the type of people that are not. Uh, so there's, but I, I do think it, it is very exciting that he will have such a large footprint in the organization as they move in. Uh, as they move into Hinchcliffe, but you know, just not in, in a little bit of a a little bit of a different role. But I mean, also, it's it's a big time for for Sussex County as well, uh, looking for uh, a new manager. I mean, because well, you you mentioned it earlier, uh, Nick. There's not in the non-Bobby Jones years. There's not a lot of success there. There's not a lot of success to draw from. So uh, I think that. That's you know can he can whoever they hire next kind of build off what Bobby Jones built. And I think that's something that has to that uh, that is yet to be determined, and we'll have to find out. But uh, but I, I think Bobby Jones will do a really good job in in, in a front office, just because you know his indie ball experience. He's an innovative thinker, uh, and I think it's gonna it's gonna go really well. Yeah, I I think that is really a key thing to watch here. And like you look at more like I went to. Uh to teamwork online. It's kind of like the big site that a lot of the sports teams use to kind of fill roles. It's one, a job board site, basically. And you look at like administrative and general management jobs in Sussex County. They're looking for an assistant general manager at the moment. They're looking for some other things as well. So I am curious to see like what goes on for 
for the rest of everybody else. Like, they're looking for a lot of things right now. So it does feel like there's some turnover there. And I'm sure a lot of it's just traditional seasonal turnover that's going to happen here. But, like, they're even looking for a clubhouse manager. They're looking for a lot of different things here. So also, if you're interested in applying, you might as well shoot your shot. But um, even still... I am curious to see what happens in that front office. I think that's really going to be the deciding point for recruiting guys in. Obviously, the manager is probably the most important position. If for no other reason, then the manager has the day-to-day impact on your life as a player. But at the same point in time, if you have a good front office staff, a good general manager, good assistant general manager, and a good support staff around that, I mean, that's an attractive situation to go into, especially if you're a Frontier League player. So... You know, I think that's really going to be the deciding factor as to what happens with Sussex County. Then also making sure you bring in a guy that's well-respected. Obviously, we've heard of guys in independent league ball that have been managers for, you know, a non-insignificant amount of time, but they seem to always kind of be in and be out in places. And that speaks to the kind of uh, manager they are and the way they handle their team. It's obviously not a, uh, a long-shelf lifestyle. So, you know, as long as you avoid that kind of a person... You get the kind of guy that can be there for a while. You know, I think it can work out fine. Right, and I think that he, he knows that. And I, you don't want a guy who's, especially in especially in this type of role, uh, given where the organization is right now, you don't want a guy who's like more of a more of a stopgap, but they're trying to use it to get somewhere else, which isn't inherently a bad thing, uh, but it's probably not a fit. It's probably not a fit uh, for right here, and given all the changes that have happened and all the transitions that will happen with the Jackals. So uh, I think he'll definitely be looking for, for that type of guy that can be there for, for you know, for four to five years at least, and I'm sure that's his goal. And I, I think uh, Jackal fans should trust him to do um, a pretty good job in that sense. Exactly. So well, it'll be something to watch there with Bobby Jones and, and the Jackals and certainly the Miners and what happens with them going forward. And I'd love to get Bobby on. And I know we're going to have people from the Jackals on at some point during the off season to talk about the move to Hinchcliffe and obviously this now as well. Uh, but we'll have to get some minor folk on too to talk about uh, their future as well. But uh, we have other headline news, news that I thought was going to be the original lead earlier this week which comes from, I guess you could call it Winnipeg or York, on account of Rick Forney leaving the Winnipeg Gold Eyes, an organization he's been, been a part of for, for two decades, managed them for 17 seasons, really. And of the 17, 13 have been winning. He's won three, three league championships, twice named American Association Manager of the Year. All of that now leaves the city of Winnipeg and goes to the Atlantic League with the York Revolution. And now Rick Forney will replace Mark Mason, who stepped down following the 2022 year. We said, you know, maybe it's just time for a change in York. You know, they had some some highs, some lows over the last few years, but never really were able to get any sort of consistent success going for the past few years. And to replace uh, a guy that really is up pretty high on the wins number and as far as success goes in the Atlantic League and Mark Mason with Rick Forney, a guy that is the same way, if not more so, and I probably would say more so successful in the American Association and and its predecessors. It's a it's a pretty good trade one for one there. I mean, I, I don't think there's anyone that's going to say this is a bad move for York. It does leave a bit of a hole in Winnipeg. I have to imagine he told Winnipeg it was coming. Uh, so they probably had a little bit of time to try and make a preparation for this. And I'll be interested to see who they wind up going with as far as their hiring goes. But certainly it is a, a camp that's going to need to be, be filled in now uh, north of the border there. But overall, a very exciting move here. In, it's not really... This is not a move. It's a type of move, I guess, that you see in indie ball very often, where you have a very successful manager in, in one league jumping to another major indie league uh, to take over uh, just like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe, you know, maybe, I guess Brett Jody could be an example of, of something like that. But, I mean, even, uh, even Jody wasn't, 
you know, the manager as long as, I mean, Jody was, what, Somerset, seven years? And Forney were talking a lot longer than that. And in, uh, in, but, in Brett's case, too, I mean, his position got eliminated. So it wasn't like he willingly yeah. chose to leave. It's like, oh, we're becoming affiliated now, so best of luck to you. Yeah, so uh, obviously a much different situation there. I mean, for I mean, York has to be just absolutely ecstatic. Uh, that, um, and you're probably at a point where, uh, you know, if you're the Reds, that Rick Forney calls and says, I want to be your manager, and you cancel the other interviews. Yeah. Uh, he, he has that type of track record in Indie Ball, um, and, and with Winnipeg. I mean, he's done so, he did such a great job, uh, with the Gold Eyes, and I think that, you know, and he, I thought the way that the, the news was announced was very classy. I, I think you're right, Nick, when you say that I'm sure the Gold Eyes had some sort of notice that this, that this was coming. Uh, you mentioned a lot of, um, a lot of family reasons that he wanted to move um, move his family back to uh, back towards the East Coast. He's from the area. He played with the Orioles. Uh, he played in the Orioles or- organization. So uh, it make, it makes a lot of sense for Forney on, on a lot of levels. Uh, and I'm sure the revolution. And again, when we, we when Nick and I talked about the the Mark Mason uh, stepping down in York, I, I think we both agreed that. There was, of course, Mason had a lot of success with the Reds, but it, it was really, it was over the last couple of years, it was starting to stall out there. Yeah. And they needed a new voice. And that's exactly, that's exactly what Rick Forney provides. And I mean, the Revolution have to be so excited to hit this. And, you know, they, I would say they hit this higher, like absolutely out of the park. They did, but I'm pretty sure Rick Forney was just like, "Hi, I'm coming to manage your team next year." Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think, I mean, it's a huge news uh, for the Reds, huge news for York, and yeah, there's there's a big gap uh, for sure uh, with Winnipeg um, that it would be interesting to see a, a non-Rick Forney managed Winnipeg Gold Eyes team, and that's big. That's big news. But I mean, for the Revolution, it's really exciting, and, and the reasons make sense for it as well exactly i mean like that's the thing like he has three kids one has cerebral palsy he lost another one uh in 2020 so i imagine all of those were a lot of reasons why it's like especially after losing his one son i mean imagine that's really a motivating factor to say you know what i want to kind of go back to where i feel comfortable granted it was you know two years ago but even still i mean that kind of thing never really leaves you so i'm sure that was a partial factor in it Plus, at a certain point, I guess just the change of scenery works for it. I mean, this is still a very good opportunity for him. If you're going to jump to a league, this is probably, as far as talent goes, the only one that could possibly be above your current league. And as far as the baseball decision goes, I mean, it's a fantastic decision. I mean, you really pretty much said it all. I mean, the man knows how to win. He's done that consistently. He's at nearly a thousand wins. I'll probably get that as in his time in York. He's at 887 at the moment. So he's what, uh, 113 off from getting that thousand win plateau. So, I mean, it, why is that going to take him two, three years at most? So, you know, it, it feels like a good decision there. It feels like a very interesting one there. And I 100% agree in that. What's more interesting for me, less than what's going to happen with York, because York's going to be, I think this move makes them a much better ball club. I think this is a team now that we have to kind of look at in that division. And that's always kind of been, I guess, more of an up for grabs type of division, you know, in, with the way the North works out in that, um, you know, you look at it and you go, okay, Long Island's probably there, but everybody else after that's a crapshoot. All of a sudden now, I feel like York's back to being like, okay, well, you know, you got to watch York. So they're, they're fine and good. When I look at Winnipeg now, I'm very curious to see who they're going to bring in. Being in Canada is an interesting position to be in. I don't really think it's that much of a game changer as much as it may have been in the past, like recent past. But even still, it does change up the game a little bit. But the Winnipeg organization is a very well-ran organization. It's a very classy organization. So it's the kind of one that's going to attract talent too. And being in the American Association, I think it's becoming a cooler and cooler trend. I think it's the kind of thing where you start to say, all right, well, if I have my options, maybe I go over there and I just deal with the travel. So 
I'm, I'm going to be very curious to see who they're going to bring in. Is it going to be a guy that's already with the organization? Is it going to be a guy that has a history with the organization that they want to bring in? Is it going to be, you know, a guy from elsewhere in the league or elsewhere in a different league? Who's it going to be that's going to come in and kind of take the reins there? Because you're going to need to find a, I don't want to say a replacement here because there's no really replacing Rick Forney, but there, you're going to need to find as close as you can to a replacement to try and fill the gap as seamlessly as possible. Yeah, it's a, it's a big gap that's certainly left in Winnipeg. And you're right that, you know, it's tough to, I mean, maybe it's not super difficult, but I mean, I think there's, there's definitely advantages to managing in Canada. Uh, but, you know, also some disadvantages as well. And so I think, you know, it's all something you got to take into consideration. But the Gold Eyes have been uh, a really good organization for a long time, in large part due to uh, Rick Forney as well. So I think that uh, I think I think they'll be able to find someone good. But it's a it's a big question because uh, because they have not had to worry if they're one of the very, 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 very few, you know, maybe not maybe the only one. Uh, really, who's not had to worry about uh, a manager in indie ball uh, really for quite a long time. So obviously they have to worry about it now and go through the process. But uh, but definitely a lot of questions that need to be that need to be answered there with this new managerial hire uh, in Winnipeg. Absolutely, there. And so with that, we'll go to kind of the third headline bit of news this week uh one that i really wasn't expecting to get until ryan broke it last night and i thanked him for breaking it last night so that way uh we can actually talk about today part of me almost wants to believe he did that on purpose but i'm sure it's more like uh they're going to be announcing it within the next 48 hours so we might as well just announce it uh ourselves type of thing for uh for him but anywho uh lexington legends uh reportedly have been like their staff that is have reportedly been informed that the team will be officially sold tomorrow which is today which for when you're listening to this is yesterday so i'm sure that's easy to keep straight uh layoffs have been confirmed by both old and new ownership it appears that there may be fewer than three staff members remaining with the organization and there seems to be no severance um that is what uh, Ryan has officially reported. That's what he's saying is going to be the case. That's his reporting. Go check out Indie Ball Nation. That's his new thing over there. Uh, we'll have to have him on at some point in November uh, to come and talk. I'd say next week because next week will be good. But we already have an interview lined up that I'm looking forward to. But we'll tell you about it at the end of the show. But uh, the other uh, speculation from Ryan here is uh, he suspects that... Uh, Stands LLC, the group that technically owns the Legends, will be filing for bankruptcy, but he's just kind of guessing on that. Uh, the new owner is supposedly Nathan Lyons of Vintage South Developments. It's a real estate group. Uh, that's kind of noteworthy because the land seems to have more value, mainly because Lexington's looking to build a soccer stadium. So if you already have land that has a stadium on it, you could just, you know, scrap the baseball one, put a soccer one on it, or just kind of terraformed the baseball one into a soccer one and uh currently it's kind of uncertain what's going to happen with charleston but it appears business as usual for the foreseeable um and it looks like the genomes are definitely gone uh that seems to be the uh be the situation on the ground uh as it stands right now well yikes it's that's you know, I, I think that, uh, we were worried, you know, cause that was the only thing that, that was the thing we were talking, well, Andy Shays, he's very ambitious, very, uh, he's willing to take risks. Uh, and, you know, he took a really big risk as far as having two teams run out of that stadium. And, you know, I mean, even, I think both of us were quite, were worried about how that could go. It could, the reward could be great if there's the demand for it. Uh, but there just really wasn't, uh, the, you know, the turf, the turf field being put in, the turf had its own problems. Um, I don't know. I, it's, it's a really bad situation and you, you just don't know what the new ownership group is going to do until one, this gets officially, you know, officially announced and two, uh, with that new ownership group kind of puts out their own statement. So people kind of know what's going on. 
but it's it's pretty rough just because I think it was just a, at the end of the day, uh, the, it, we came to where we are today because, you know, the ownership group, you know, led by Andy Shea was just too reckless and trying to, uh, and trying to bite off more than, more than was conceivable, more than, uh, more than can, that they could chew. And it was, uh, it's, it's really sad to see because, you know, I mean, Lexington had such an amazing first year. Like in the uh, in the Atlantic League in Indy Ball, winning the championship. I mean, just this two uh, running those two teams out of the same ballpark just was a complete and utter train wreck. And I don't and well, it could cost them the baseball franchise. And maybe there were more stuff. And, and I assume there there probably was more stuff going on that is um, that makes it a little more complicated than the direct relationship of running two teams at the same time as well just results on their finances but mm. uh but it's it's not a good situation at all and you wonder what well one what the future of the lexington legends you, you know team is and two if you know both those if both lexington and and obviously the genomes and their second team goes with that as well all right well the good news is that uh you know, the, the good news there is I guess you have an even number of teams, I guess. Well, no, you know? if you're losing two, then it's the same problem. Well, because how many is there? Wait, because there's another 10, so now... Well, you would right. lose the genomes and you would lose the, the legends, but the problem was always that you needed the genomes as a replacement for a traveling team. So, why, yeah, you lose, eh, yeah, technically, you're all right, it is an even number, I, my math is off on that, but you're going to have a new problem next year, in 24, yes. when, yeah, when Hagerstown comes in, which apparently, so, too, I just want to jump in there before you finish yeah. your thought, uh, apparently they have officially been sold, that is now officially being reported by other outlets as well as Ryan, so uh, that seems to be the case, too, we'll link uh, the official announcement and Ryan's tweets from Thursday night. Uh, in the show notes, but yeah, now now we can stop talking about like it's speculation. It's now officially they, they've been sold. Yeah, uh, just a really bad situation, and you don't know what this new ownership group is is going to do. I mean, maybe they maybe they're committed to keeping baseball, but you know, we I, you could also see a lot of other different things used uh, with that land. But it's just really sad to see. It's a it's awful situation. Yeah, it, it seems to be, and it looks like from uh, reports so far, I was going to try and read the uh, the article that comes with Ben formally announced it, but it appears just to be a uh, just to be a video there. But it would appear as though some of the uh, some of the reports are saying that there's a lot of interest in the land more than anything else. It appears as though a lot of the branding's been taken along with it, you know, so like they'll. The old ownership is taking the branding there. Um, it would, there's a lot going on in that regard. It look, it's a bad, a lot of bad signs. I'll put it to you like that. I'm trying to find the, the exact uh, tweet there that, uh, that lists all of that as well. Like all the negative signs here. But, uh, the more, the point is, it is unfortunate. I mean, like that's the sad part here is that like staff's losing their jobs. This isn't a good sign of what's to come here. Uh, overall, it's, it's not great. Like, it's, it's a really bad situation. It's an unfortunate one. But, I mean, colossal mismanagement is what, what's put us in this position. Ah, here it is. Yeah. Nothing's been addressed as far as shutting the team down. However, pieces that have been seen so far, firing staff, real estate interest, old, old ownership taking a lot of merch and branding with them. It's not a great look at the moment. Um, it's not great right now. All of those signs for keeping this team. But I mean, like I was saying, poor management is really the reason that we are in this position right now. You know, if the team was well ran and well managed from day one, you know, we wouldn't be in this boat. If they didn't get overly excited, go out and buy, you know, Charleston, then add in an extra team without really checking to see if the market had that kind of demand for it. We probably aren't in the financial situation that made this, you know, necessary. If, you know, you would have done a better job at retaining staff then perhaps we wouldn't be in this position now, seeing as everyone that we talked to that used to work with the Legends no longer works with them, some of them leaving on their own accord, others um, 
kind of being told to leave, uh, it's, it's one thing that happens to one person, but when it keeps happening to a lot of different people, uh, it speaks more to the organization as a whole. So it feels like this is a self-inflicted wound. And, you know, obviously you're hoping for the best. You're hoping that new ownership is interested in actually having a baseball team and keeping them there. If for no other reason than it just hurts the health of the Atlantic League otherwise. But, I mean, it's an unfortunate situation. It's really what it is. And I don't really know what other take to have on it other than it's been mismanaged from day one. It's a shame because they were able to put quality on the field. And I'm sure a lot of fans are going to be upset about losing their team. And I'm even more certain that a lot of people that... uh, otherwise would have gotten an opportunity or gotten a start in baseball now have that kind of thrown certainly into all sorts of chaos but also maybe just taken away from them as a whole yeah it's really sad to see and it's going to have a ripple a ripple effect and you would think <clears throat> you would think nick at least that if the new ownership group was going to keep baseball with like it was going to keep baseball in that stadium why would they be laying off like almost everybody? Exactly. If you're going to do that, you would almost feel like, okay, we'll keep the staff we have on. We'll go ahead. We'll conduct our own interviews. We'll go through the whole process ourselves with them, see who we want to keep on, who we want to get rid of, exactly. and then just bring in your people afterwards. And it doesn't seem like that's really the case here. And I mean, again, when you have a real estate developer that buys your, uh, buys your ballpark, you know, that's never a good sign. I mean, uh, unless the real estate developer is the one that's building the ballpark, as was the case in Gastonia, it's normally not good when real estate people start buying things. It's normally a sign that things are changing. Yeah, it uh, definitely spells trouble for baseball fans. And if, and if you want, like, a baseball team in the area, it's just, wow. I mean, it's really really brutal uh and you know it seems like charleston at the moment is is fine but in that that's all expected to continue in the same way but yeah it's just just really tough to see and so many of the people that made lexington a success now are are, are gone Mm. um and again when when you're when you lay off pretty much everybody immediately that's usually a telltale sign that baseball is not going to stay and now it's now the ball's going to be in the Atlantic League's court seeing what they're going to what they're going to do and yeah you could pass with eight for the year but with Hagerstown in 24 you're going to need to figure something else out so uh so a lot of a lot of fun days ahead we'll call it for the Atlantic League and a lot of important decisions that need to be made absolutely and that's really what we're going to have to come down to and we're going to see what happens there is you know when everything's all said and done how's this shake out and i mean who's to say that you don't have like one more year like i could very well see a situation where lexington has one more year in them because whatever's going to happen it's going to have to move quickly if uh you know one way or the other on it so you know maybe it's a next year problem where like okay we're going to lose lexington after this year which then i guess would mean odd number teams for a while there but it's just a really it's really a murky situation, I guess. But yeah, if there's going to be a lot of uh, interest coming through in the coming coming months, I guess. And uh, yeah, I look forward to having Ryan on to talk about this because I'm sure he has a lot of insight on it. And I'm sure he has a lot of uh, opinions on it as well. So I'm sure. I'm sure. And one thing Ryan always has, he has lots of opinions about Lexington. No, because he's, he's rather well known over there. But uh, on that note... Uh, we do have news that I said last week we're going to talk about when Will gets back because these make for good discussion topics and not good, let me tell you about them topics. So, being that we're talking Atlantic League, we might as well just stay on Hagerstown. They broke ground last week on their new stadium. It should be done in 2024, in time for opening day 2024. And, uh, yeah, it just is, it was a nice milestone. I'm not sure if you have anything th- to say about it, Will, but I figure i throw it out there. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, it's that, it's definitely a nice milestone for sure. Uh, and, you know, ultimately, I think uh, we knew at this point that 2024 was going to be the start date. And because 2023 was so ambitious, like when, they, when this was first uh, announced, like 
They're hoping to get it for 2023, but that's that's so tough. Uh, and so, I mean, it, it's great to see that they're underway there. Really excited uh, to see what how the new community kind of, and see kind of see the, how the ballpark takes shape. See what the community kind of does with it as well, because boy, did they need a new ballpark there in the <laughs> worst way. Uh, and that might not even that that might not even be putting it strong enough. But uh, but yeah, still really great to see. Great to see that they're starting to break great break ground, start construction. I can't wait to see it take shape. It's always exciting. Absolutely. And so on that note. Uh, we're going to go to a different story of a ballpark being built, but this time in Shreveport, Louisiana. Shreveport, Louisiana is going to be building a ballpark, state-of-the-art facility that will house baseball, other sports, and entertainment. Uh, it's going to bring Shreveport baseball back from the dead. Fairgrounds baseball field is going to be torn down. Uh, it's been sitting vacant for about a decade now. This stadium that they're going to be putting in is going to replace it. Uh, it's going to be done by REV Entertainment. They're going to be partnering with the city to get it done. I assume that means the city's going to give them money and REV is going to build it and run it. That's normally how these partnerships work. Uh, but yeah, it seems to be just kind of in the preliminary stages right now. Um, it's going to be based off of some different ballparks and whatnot. And uh, yeah. Like I said, it's very preliminary. It's just more of an agreement to build the thing. So we don't really know when it's going to get done. We don't really know how much it's going to cost to get done. We don't really know a lot about it. We don't know who's going in it. But assuming that Major League Baseball expansion is not happening anytime soon, I would imagine that kind of leaves either a college stadium, which I don't think they're going to be going college ball, or it leaves probably the American Association, which would be a very nice spot to put them in. Um... As far as expansion goes, I'm sure they want to go two at a time to make a nice, easier, uh, nice, cleaner, rather, uh, expansion. But putting a team in Louisiana would be nice for the Texas team. Just saying. Yeah, look, it, it, uh, it's really early in this process. But, I mean, it, it seems like that, hey, they want to bring, you know, professional baseball in, which is, uh, which, you know, it's a, it's a great sign, uh, and you know they're still still trying to finalize and all that all the details and stuff. And again, it's still a while away, and this is not even breaking ground. Just saying that we're we're going to build this, uh, but I mean, hey, it's it's kind of close to Texas as well. I think I think it's a slam dunk American Association fit uh, if that's something that they're willing to pursue, uh, because you know you have your you have. Uh, somebody down there for for Cleburne as well, uh, which is which is always good to see, and I guess uh, not not a far flight at all from from Kansas City or a reasonable bus ride, I guess you would think. Uh, yeah, but it's probably uh, reasonable. I don't think it'd be too far. Yeah, reasonable. So I I think that would be I'd be a really good fit for the American Association, a great fit. So uh, if it were to happen, but, you know, still really early in the process. But I do think that's exciting news, especially when the American Association, um, you know, still looking to add teams here and there. And uh, I think it, for looking at way down the line, I think it's it's not a bad uh, it's a really good option. If that's something that that the American Association is willing to pursue and if that's if that's something that if, if Shreveport is willing. But I mean, considering it looks like they want professional baseball. That seems to be a good option, unless there's some sort of uh, affiliated thing in the works, but which I don't, I don't know. But uh, but it seems it seems like uh, it could be a potential American Association fit for sure. It definitely could be. And I just checked the uh, car trip length from uh, Cleburne to Shreveport or Shreveport to Cleburne uh, via I twenty. It is about three and a half hours. Other, Money. Yeah, other that ways, works. put her close to about five hours, so I'd say split the difference, call it about four and a quarter. So even still, not that bad of a bus trip from baseball standards. Yeah, not at all. That is that is totally reasonable for, for an American Association team to do. So I, I think I, I think it could be a really nice fit. It certainly could. And I mean, there is a history with the American Association and uh, Shreveport. You had the Shreveport... Uh, I think if I'm reading right, the Shreveport Sports from 06 to 08 and then 09 to 2011, you had the Shreveport Bossier Captains, also in the American Association. Plus, you had a Central League team in um, 
That was a different independent league in 03 to 05. So really from 03 to 2011, there was an independent league team here. Now, granted, the fact that you had like three teams go through in about a eight-year period probably doesn't bode well, and it is a bit concerning. But that even said, um, it definitely... It presents options, right? It, it's certainly there, a brand new ballpark. If you have good ownership, it all lines up and it works out pretty well, I think. And at the very least, it's worth looking at. And hey, they did win an American Association Championship in 2010. So, I mean, you certainly have that going for you too. Yeah, that counts for something for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I think it's a very interesting thing. I figure bring it up because expansion is always kind of fun, but hey, there's that. Yeah, I mean it's uh well it's still of course really early in uh in trying to figure out uh you know kind of the timeline on anything but I think initially like the American Association I would think it would be interested. Absolutely there and uh another thing from last week I just want to bring it up briefly I don't think we're going to talk too much about uh general manager hirings outside of you know the Bobby Jones one because that's a little bit different. But uh, last week I got the name of the new uh, Three Rivers general manager wrong. I think I said Duchamp when I meant to say Duchesneau. It's Jerome Duchesneau who's going to take over there. I, I made that mistake. I didn't have it in front of me and that's on me. So apologies for that. But uh, it is uh, Jerome uh, Duchesneau uh, that is now the GM there. Um, he actually played a few games with uh, Quebec in the Can-Am League for a little while there too. So he has a uh, a bit of an interesting history. You know, kind of knows what he's doing. Uh, he's had other roles with the team and with other organizations as well. He certainly, uh, he's a nice addition here. I didn't really think it's too pertinent to spend too much time on, but I did want to correct, uh, the uh, mistake I made last week. I don't blame you though. I mean, that's a, that's a tough name to pronounce. True. But I, I mean, like, if I was seen, I would have known. It was just one of those type of things. Uh, yeah. And, I'm glad you can sort of read like French type names. I cannot. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Also, fun fact, uh, the uh, Lake Erie Steam is also getting some upgrades, too. I think it's getting a new scoreboard. Didn't really... Ooh. Yeah, it's not really worth spending any time on, but they're getting a new scoreboard. Kind of fun. That's nice, though. Yeah. And then, of course, we have the final bit of news this week, which is from last week, but it is worth talking about because it's not every day you have a former uh, Major League All-Star takeover as a uh, manager. And that is the case in Windy City. Richie Sexton is the, going to be their manager for 2023. Uh, he comes in. Obviously, we know what he did in the major leagues. Very successful. Over 300 career home runs. Batted over 260 in the course of his career. Was a National League All-Star uh, in 03 and 02. Uh, he's also in the Brewers Wall of Fame. Or Wall of Honor, rather. Uh, he's the 19th manager of the Thunderbolts. And, uh, yeah. So he's going to take over in that regard. Yeah, this is exciting. I mean, Richie Sexton was a hell of a player during his big league career. I mean, he is no he's he is no just like normal like former big league. I mean, he is a really good player uh, mm-hmm. in, in his in his career. Now, as far as him as a manager of an indie ball team, I have no idea. I mean, he's never mm-hmm. done it before. Uh, he had some experience working with you know, with a high school team in Oregon. I. I don't know. I mean, so I, I think the name, I mean, it's certainly a big name. It's going to be important for him to, you know, bring in a, a staff, a, a good quality staff around him as well. Uh, but, you know, decision that could have a high ceiling. He, he is a big name uh, and should, and honestly sounds really exciting for Windy City. And, you know, because Windy City is, I mean, they've really struggled in the last couple of years. So it uh, could be, could be a, the jolt that they need. Yeah, it, it definitely could be. I mean, they haven't really had much success in quite some time. And, uh, you know, you'd like to see them kind of get revitalized. Brian Smith's out. He was the manager since 2019. And uh, Kevin Santiago also was going to leave. So he's uh, going to be a new, uh, new slate over there. They already made one of their hire as well for a third base coach and Chris Coleman. Uh, so it is definitely exciting. It's a name that people are going to know. It's It kind of keeps with that trend of bigger name baseball players kind of joining the partner leagues, if you would, as managers. Bobby Jenks was kind of the big one from last year, along with Jim Riggleman. So, you know, it's these are big names. He certainly was a very good ball player, uh, Sexton was. So 
I am curious to see what it do- how this goes. I think it will definitely help get people to Windy City and maybe it turns it around. But at the end of the day, they are still Windy City. So it's going to kind of be go out and prove it to me. And uh, I'll be interested to see how it goes and how everything shakes out. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be really interesting. And it, it, you wonder if it could provide a jolt uh, really to that organization that really needs it. Absolutely. So uh, on that note, we will go ahead and... Uh, We'll wrap up this week with just a little bit of information for you guys. We do have a couple of interviews in the works. I have one that I'm trying to schedule right now. We'll definitely try to get Ryan on at some point in the next couple of weeks as well to talk about uh, baseball, Uh, although he's on our usual suspects list. I mean, I pretty much text him, you want to come on the show? And it's, yeah, sure. So that's pretty much how it works with him. But we do have one scheduled for next week, and you may have seen this guy making the the rounds on the – the baseball podcast circuit, I guess. And that is Milwaukee Milkman's manager, Anthony Barone. He's going to join the show next week. Uh, we're doing that interview on Tuesday. So uh, when you hear this episode come out, you have Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And most of the day on Tuesday, it's a Tuesday, I guess, afternoon, early night uh, interview that we're doing uh, with him. So if you have any questions for uh, for Anthony Barone, either about him, about the Milkman, about the American Association, anything like that, uh, be sure to send them to us, and we will try our best to uh, to ask him those questions. So uh, definitely be on the lookout for that next week. That's our plan for uh, for our next interview. Yes, it'll be exciting. I mean, Anthony Barone is uh, guys. Uh, had so much success in the American Association uh, over the last few years, so. Uh, should be should be really exciting a really interesting interview absolutely definitely looking forward to it and like i said we got a couple other ones in the works that are very interesting as well so uh be on the lookout for that um on that note uh, i guess we don't really have too much else we'll just go to the plugs and we'll get out of here uh so if you want to follow the show, you can do so uh, on Twitter at IndieBallPod. You can do so on Instagram at ALPB underscore news and at IndieBallReport. Uh, you can find all the episodes, all the show notes, all of that kind of thing on the website IndieBallReport.com. And the show is available wherever you find podcasts. So uh, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, you know, the usual uh, places that you go to look, you can find the show there. So, uh, yeah, that said, I know we put a lot in the beginning, but do we have anything else left to add? The only thing I want to add is Halloween is just a few days away, and I will go, and uh, this is going to be another take that, I mean, Nick and I usually disagree on those things. So, yeah. uh, I love candy corn. I think candy corn is really good. It's my favorite Halloween snack, and some people hate it, and I don't understand why. Uh, but I, I think that, uh, I'm a huge candy corn fan. That's the only thing I want to add. The silence should speak for itself. I figured we, we couldn't, we couldn't agree on everything today. Yeah, no, it's just candy corn, man. All I'm going to say about that is have you tried the, uh, the Mountain Dew that tastes like candy corn? No, because I don't drink soda. I hate soda. I hate carbonation. So God damn, you know, oh for two, oh for two. You're like yeah, the Yankees mo- versus I, I the Astros. Most pe- I know that's weird. So I know most people don't agree with me on that. But I, I can't. I can't do carbonation. I just can't. It's like you're just drinking water. Water, iced tea. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I drink lots of iced tea. Like that's literally like my drink. Like I have. I have like what brand? at my house on at my house in Hostra, I have so much brisk. Okay, so it's brisk, like not Lipton, not anything else, but brisk. I mean, I don't mind Lipton, but like the one I won't drink is Fuse because it has a hint of carbonation in it, and it drives me crazy. <laughs> I like it's just like it's bare. I could tell they they it was like shook in a truck or something. There was enough there where I could tell. I could tell. Nope, I'm out. I'll, I will dump it out. <laughs> I see why you like the South, because they just drink sweet tea down there. Oh, my gosh. Sweet tea I had at Zaxby's? Terrific. Which, hold up here. I, we got to talk about Zaxby's. What are your thoughts okay. on Zaxby's? Oh, it was really good. It Thank was you. It was excellent. Same you know way. what else was really good? Cookout. Cookout was great. I have never tried Cookout. I have tried it Zaxby's, so and I like cheap. Zaxby's. Cookout is like the cheapest food you'd ever imagine. Yeah? It's a decent? 
Yeah, it does the job. I got it like one thirty in the morning. So, oh, okay, after, so I, after I flew into Charlotte. So. Oh, so it's perfect for that. Yes. Ah, okay, good. Yeah. So I do like that we found common ground in the Zach piece. That's important. That's so, good. So that said, I had a couple of things I was going to add ranging from Duke beating Miami and not just beating them, but ob- obliterating <laughs> them. I mean, they were. That was awesome. Which did you see the pick six where after he, he got in the end zone, he broke the U? That amazing. I love that one. Then gave it the U down. That, I, that was great too. Eight turnovers forced in one game. Fantastic. That's a mixture of an incompetent offense and a good defense. So it just was like, man, that was fun. That was a fun game. But I was going to talk about that. Then I was going to talk about the Yankees getting swept and them going just totally nuclear, both their fan base and their front office, just deciding, you know what, it's fine. We'll keep Cashman and we'll keep Boone. We're going to make it work, uh, which I just think is funny as hell. Uh, plus watching the Yankees stripping themselves. I mean, America won. That's what's happened here. When the Astros beat the Yankees in a sweep, America won. So, I mean, we're all happy about that. But more than that, then I was going to start talking about, you know, the Rangers' piss for play because it's an effort thing, even True. though supposedly the analytic people saying we're just getting goalied. But uh, I refuse to believe that you get goalied three days in a row. You don't get goalied three out of four games. Colorado, Sorokin we were goalied. A, yeah. Sorokin was incredible. He was good. I will give him that, but we should have scored at least once. I, I'm sorry. It's just not. Acceptable. Did you get goalied by Alexander Georgiev? We got goalied by Alexander Georgiev, <laughs> which is the least surprising thing. Like every Ranger fan going into that was like, we're betting money on Georgiev playing out of his mind. And then uh, I was putting money on Dryden Hunt getting a goal. I was really like, former Rangers scoring on the Rangers. Yeah, that's going to happen. And then when he didn't, I was like, huh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm more pissed off about getting goalied by Danil Tarasov. That's what I'm annoyed about. Should not be goalied by Danil Tarasov. That should not happen. It's early. It better be early, otherwise it's going to be a problem. But So I was going to talk about that, but then I had a different idea that came to my mind when I was thinking about this. And that's more or less, I just want to take a second to mourn the loss of Alt-92-3. Uh, this is something that only people in the greater New York City market are going to understand and even fewer are going to care about because this is a New York-based station, or rather was, until uh, Thursday where at 9 o'clock in the morning it switched to a simulcast of 10-10 wins. Now, I'm not really sure who's demanding a simulcast of 10-10 wins because for me, A, I seldom ever listen to it. B, it's just a traffic and news station which... Part of its charm is being on AM and not FM, at least for me. And apparently they got rid of the little news ticker in the background, which people that have listened to it will know exactly what I mean by that. Uh, and that's really disheartening to hear that. But it, it just bothers me a bit, if for no other reason than, um, well, I used to just listen to that station all the time, and it's just kind of been my go-to station. And then listening to like all the radio hosts and DJs and personalities that, you know, I've listened to for the past like four years, five years on the radio, just like pretty consistently. Cause whenever I'd be driving, that was the station I had on and just like the defeat in their voice and, you know, being told that you're, you're uh, losing your job to 10, 10 wins on October 10th. That's just kind of a real kick. And so, you know, I just want to take a second to mourn the loss of that station because that was one of the few really solid stations in this market, which you'd think being in the New York market, you'd have good radio stations, but it's like four of them that exist. And now we're down to like three. And that's very unfortunate. I have no idea what that station is, so I will yeah. refrain from comment. All right. I figure that like that's obviously part of the problem. Very few people listen. So that was it. But I mean, I just it just kind of sucks, at least for me. Because there's like no alt music anymore. There's no country radio and there's no alt. And so that's like eliminating two thirds of the stuff I listen to. So now it's like Z100 until I hear Lizzo come on. And I'm like, yep, we're not listening to Lizzo. That's not <laughs> happening. I draw the I line of Lizzo. I, I, I can't. I don't, I don't get her appeal. I don't like her music. I, I get she's successful and good for her. I just don't get her appeal. I'm just like, this is not good music. I agree. That and that one weird hound dog song that's coming on. Like, you know what I'm talking, if anyone listens to like Z100 for more than an hour, you'll know exactly which one I'm talking about. 
I, I can't say I, I do. I maybe like I don't think it's Nicki Minaj, but it's it's a Nicki Minaj like type uh type of singer. So it that, that's annoying. Sure. Yeah. If I hear one of those two come on, I'm like, yep, we're we're switching it. We're moving on. Although it was nice, I did have Z one hundred on uh yesterday for a bit because I don't have my alt nine two anymore. And I did get a Taylor Swift song before I had to switch because some other crap came on. So that was nice. It was nice. That was good. Yeah. Which reminds me, when we have Ryan on, I'm going to have to address his uh, Taylor Swift album ranking. We got some serious beef on that one. I'm just going to let that lie. So, yeah. I think that's good. I think we covered everything. And I think we have about 10 minutes worth of just random discussion that I honestly don't know where I'm putting that first eight minutes yet. Y'all will know when you listen to it. But I don't know and Will doesn't know right now where we're going to put that. I don't know. It's a surprise. Yeah. So, uh, on that note... Until next week, where we will have a guest, don't forget to play ball.